welcome for this uh, another class of Book of Romans. Uh, and we continue. If you would turn with me into the Book of Romans, chapter 4. Romans, chapter 4. And uh, as, we, as we open the scriptures, as always, let's pray. So dear God, thank you. Thank you so much. We are just thankful for who you are and, and we worship you. Worship you for who you are and we are thankful for what you are doing. Thank you God that you have revealed the way of salvation to us and also you are revealing your character to us. Just teach us. We want to be teachable. We want to be humble in our in our heart. Just anoint our ears that we hear in the finished work. Let us be mindful of the cross the meaning of the cross and bless this time in your scriptures as we go through the book of Romans in Jesus name we pray Amen so uh, just shortly we will study a little bit this passage the book of Romans uh, chapter 4 and we can we can start to read here now what is really important uh, uh, Many times we speak with people on the street, and uh, I ask them, uh, "Do you read Bible? Uh, when is the last time you read your Bible?" Uh, and uh, many times, uh, being here in in Serbia, <coughs> uh, people they have Orthodox background, they have some awareness of God, uh, but most of the time they have virtually no connection with the Scriptures. Uh, uh, the answer you get on the street from people when you ask them uh, have you read the Bible, when is the last time you read the Bible uh, majority they will answer, they say like we never read the Bible uh, some will say yeah uh, we have a Bible at home but I just touched the Bible, I really have no idea what it is and uh, we can go further and, and the challenge is like uh, have you read the Bible do you read the Bible uh, on a consistent basis and even this is not enough, I would say, uh, do, you, do you know the Bible or do you study the Bible in order to know it? Are you the student of the Bible? Are you the learning one, disciple? That's, that's what is important, not the, just to read the Bible through, uh, which gives us like a wide knowledge of the of of uh, certain happenings, uh, uh, but we need to really uh, study the Bible uh, very precisely. That's why we go in the Book of Romans verse by verse. Now you cannot you cannot open the Bible now in a in a chapter four or chapter five and just start to make any conclusions if you didn't read the previous chapters uh, because there are. Uh, basically laying the foundation and bringing the light of the explanation of these of these following chapters it's everything is so beautifully interconnected uh, we read and studied the chapter one chapter two chapter three uh, let's just quote verse 28 Romans 3:28. therefore we conclude that the man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law now, 
This is the conclusion of all the previous chapters where, where the Paul is leading the listener somewhere <coughs> and he's uh, giving these arguments and at the end he says this is the conclusion. We come to this conclusion, everything we spoke about, that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Now this is a pretty clear statement. Uh, there is no sh shadow area, uh, there is no uh, debatable thing. It's just conclusion of the whole matter. Therefore we conclude that the man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Now having this mind, having this in mind, uh, understanding this uh, pretty clearly, uh, I wonder how some people can just jump into, into certain passages in the New Testament and they start to quote you uh, some uh, verses which they use and uh, they, they try to like, bring this uh, fear of uh, losing salvation uh, based on being justified by works. Which, as we, as we read here, we see this conclusion. What I want to, what I want to say uh, today is uh, we, cannot, we cannot make doctrinal conclusions uh, or certain statements based on a few chapters in the Bible that seems to us somehow speaking about something. If we have this clear revelation of the truth which is settled already, we know that the scripture has to be uh, explained by the scripture. Uh, there is no contradiction in the scriptures. So, if one book comes into certain conclusion very clearly, there is like no space for any debate about this, then uh, we should keep this in mind. And if we come to certain passage, like uh, virgins uh, not having the oil in their lamps, uh, uh, and some say, you see, if you don't have oil in your lamp, you can lose your salvation. Well, again, uh, in the view of these verses, no, you cannot. Uh, second part, uh, uh, we should keep in mind that the believers, the church, in this church age, we are the bride of Christ. We are not the maidens or the virgins which are being invited for the wedding. That's the Jews. So again, we have to really like uh, 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 divide the scripture uh, very precisely. We should we should be really careful about this. How do we how do we divide divide the the scripture? So uh, all the previous classes that we had are coming to this verse one. Now we are in the chapter Romans chapter four verse one. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? What did he found? Uh, what was uh, like the result of, of his searching or was the outcome uh, of Abraham pertaining to his, to his uh, flesh? And uh, verse 2 is the answer. For if Abraham were justified by works, that's, that's something he produced in his flesh, he has a much to glory. Of course, but not before God. This is very interesting. 
So this is this is what what we find. Uh, this is the conclusion. We know that the man is uh, justified by faith, and now concerning Abraham, our father, uh, concerning his flesh, what is the uh, what is the search and what is the finding? We see that he could not be justified by works, definitely not before God. Of course, you can be justified by works before people. You can read this in the book of James. Uh, many people using this, uh, uh, not understanding the, the properly the doctrine of justification, which uh, the book of Romans explained and is explaining us in these uh, previous and the following uh, passages so beautifully. So we are justified before God uh, by grace through faith, or in this case Romans uh, 3.28, we are justified by faith. Uh, simply pistis, uh, the word to trust God and his, his work, his saving work of the cross, that his uh, sacrifice is sufficient for us to take care uh, of, of the payment for our sins. That's, that's something that we trust, we believe that this is the way, this is the salvation and we are saved. Uh, now, pertaining to the works, uh, we are being justified before the people. The book of James, I'm not going to turn there now, uh, I'm just speaking a little bit uh, offside. Just touching the book of James, uh, we are justified before the people by our works. Uh, people see our lives. Uh, and people can uh, come to certain conclusions about us. Uh, and uh, we are showing that our faith is uh, alive. Uh, we have a living faith, not dead faith. And uh, that's why our living faith is producing works uh, which can be seen and visible by people. And it's one part of a testimony. Uh, but before God, we are justified by the faith. Uh, verse 3. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. This is quotation of Genesis 15.6. Uh, now we have to understand that this is, this is an Old uh, Testament passage. And as you see uh, uh, how Abraham was justified in this period of the Old Testament just by trusting God, just by believing God, when God gave him a promise of a son, and uh, he's speaking, we see later, about the seed, uh, which is uh, the Messiah. So, uh, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him uh, for righteousness. There's this Greek word logitomai, and it's just, uh, if you have accounting, you just put certain numbers and you do counting and you come to logical conclusion, logitsomai, you just calculate everything uh, and this is the outcome. So this uh, faith or trust in God of Abraham was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, don't forget that, uh, uh, let's put it into question, who was first, Moses or Abraham? Chronologically. Well, Abraham was before the Moses. Abraham was before the law was even given. And this is the beautiful. Abraham is actually a, a pagan. He is coming from uh, Ur, from area of Chaldea, Chaldean 
uh, he was a pagan worshiper and uh, he believed God concerning this promise concerning Messiah and salvation and it was counted unto him for righteousness without the deeds of the law this is so beautiful there is no law of Moses there is no law of doing good or bad uh, because it speaks here that uh, as pertaining to his flesh what he has found he was not justified before God verse 2 pertaining to the flesh verse 4 now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt here is like another explanation of the already revealed truth if you are a worker uh, you do not get reward by grace uh, definition of grace we spoke is unmerited favor based on character of the giver not the receiver basically saying if God is good and he wants to do some something good or give a good gift uh, to somebody he does it uh, no matter what the character of the receiver because he may not deserve it and uh, many times or basically all of the times that's us we are not worthy uh, we are not worthy to receive it uh, based on our merit and works it's based on his grace and it says here because if we would get it because we worked then it wouldn't be a reward but a debt you know we worked we worked we worked and now God owes us something so now he's obliged to give us something it's a, it's a business now we are entering uh, entering into this uh, working relationship I do something and now the other person is obliged uh, to give me the reward this is how some people uh, think about salvation I do work I do good works I do more good works and at the end God will grant me salvation for my good works for my good behavior you can see this in all the world religions you can see this in Hinduism uh, Buddhism in Islam in uh, Roman Catholicism you can see this uh, big time in Orthodox uh, Church when it's based on works you can see this even in uh, in some uh, Protestant churches which are mainly uh, charismatic or Pentecostal and speaking about losing salvation so again orientation on the works they claim oh you believed but now you have to keep your faith uh, by good works so again there is this working and reward not losing and, and God is rewarding us uh, through, through this gift but it will be of a debt verse 5 but to him that worketh not but believes on him that justifies the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness this is a beautiful explanation person who is not working but just believing on him on God that is doing the work of justification God who is justifying the ungodly you see there's, there's the principle many people think that you have to become godly first and then the way to heaven will open but the principle is no we are ungodly that's why we need justification through the bloody sacrifice of the cross 
God is justifying the ungodly and we just respond by faith, we receive it because we trust it, that is the way. Not, not based on works, when people think they grow in their works and they become basically godly and that's why God receives them. No, God is justifying the ungodly. The one who is not pure, who did not work, who has nothing to boast about. That's the one that God is justifying. Just, why? It's written here, the one who believes on him. And to him is his faith, counted, logitomai, again, it's taken on account, basically, it's taken on account, it's, it's been noticed, this faith, for righteousness. That's beautiful. Now, Galatians 2.16, we just skip. Knowing that the man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith of Christ. You see, it's the same principle repeated in other New Testament uh, books. Not by works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified, or no man. No man will be justified by the works of the law. Uh, it's faith which uh, is logitomai or counted for justification. Verse 6. Even as David, referring to the Old Testament again, also describes the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works. You see, uh, many people think that there was an Old Testament law given and that in the Old Testament people were justified by the law and now there is a different period uh, and now we came with this idea that in a period of grace a uh, person is justified uh, by grace through faith. Well, this, uh, this is wrong thinking because we see that throughout the whole Bible man is justified by faith and uh, this is, uh, it's been uh, imputed to us it's called imputed righteousness. Uh, there is uh, many righteousnesses we could speak about. There is imparted righteousness. That's when we respond to the word of God by grace, in faith, and we apply it into the details of life, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit. So basically, in that moment, uh, we are getting imparted righteousness uh, into, our, in, into our soul, and we are reflecting God more. Uh, that, that's the thing we have to understand. Imputed righteousness has to do with our justification before God. Imparted righteousness is basically how we are justified before people and how they see our works and how, how do we relate to God in our quality of relationship. Uh, we mentioned many times uh, there are two things, there is sonship and fellowship. Uh, you can never lose sonship, but you can lose fellowship. Uh, fellowship is this uh, imparted righteousness, when you are growing in his righteousness and in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Sonship is imputed righteousness, when we have been justified before God, and God sees us 
as just because we are in Christ Jesus Christ. Not necessarily that we have a just character in us formed yet, because it, it's a process when the character is being formed through this impartation of righteousness. So basically that's it. Then uh, we could maybe divide it and go more. We could speak about the uh, self-righteousness. Uh, when people, when a person thinks that uh, through his works he has attained to a certain level of righteousness and that's why he is being justified before God. So it's self-righteousness. It's coming from himself. He is the source of his righteousness. Uh, that's, uh, that's the religious crowd. Uh, then there is these people, uh, we could speak about comparative righteousness. Many times you see this, some people, uh, people even place this on God, uh, you speak with them and you, you say that we are all sinners, and they say, yeah, we are all sinners, but this one is greater sinner. So if God takes somebody to heaven, he will take me, because I never killed anybody, and my neighbor is a murderer. So people start to compare and make a comparative righteousness, not understanding that we are all short of the glory of God. We spoke about this Romans 3.23 and this beautiful, beautiful uh, passage of these verses. Uh, so these are those uh, righteousnesses. Imputed righteousness or being justified, we can see also in Second uh, Corinthians 5.21. And I, I, I love this book of Romans as we study, because we really start to understand not just simple statement uh, when we can say when a person becomes believer, he becomes born again, he places his trust in the saving work and sacrifice of Jesus Christ of the cross. Pistis, uh, he believed, uh, he is saved, he justified. Uh, we are getting these terms and we start to understand uh, the eternity of security, uh, that it's not really based on our performance, it's based on something else. It's God who justifies and he declared us as justified. Uh, Roman, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So that's, that's again uh, speaking about the cross. This is the exchange. We give him our sins and he gives us his righteousness. Many times we spoke about the example. Uh, imagine there is somebody sitting next to me. In a, in a white shirt, and I have a blue shirt. And let's say I'm the criminal, I do something bad, and the police comes and they know that the criminal is the one in the blue shirt. Uh, the testimony of the people around say the criminal is the one in the blue shirt. Now, because the man in the white shirt loves me, he says, look, uh, I give you my white shirt, let's do exchange. I take your dirty, bloody blue shirt, and when the policeman comes, he takes me and puts me into jail and you are free. That's basically what happened at the cross. Jesus took our place and paid for our sins for who am, for who am, whosoever believes. Whosoever. Uh, that's uh, unlimited atonement. Uh, 
missing faith in the saving work is this exchange we just read in this Second uh, Corinthians uh, 5 uh, 21 uh, speaking about this Second Corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creation all things are passed away behold all things are become new whoever is in Christ that's the question are you in Christ Jesus are you have you been placed by faith in him uh, if yes you are a new creation you are a new brand new God sees you as justified uh, you are part of the family and many many other things so uh, keep this in mind don't ever mix this uh, progressive righteousness uh, which is this uh, uh, imparted righteousness and uh, imputed righteousness uh, Romans 4 6 uh, when God declares us uh, justified to be righteous declaration declaration to be righteous doesn't mean we mentioned this that we are necessarily uh, righteous in our character but we are declared by God because of the of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ okay second coming uh, sorry Romans 4 uh, we continue verse uh, 7 now quoting David uh, blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Again, the same word, logizomai, uh, impute sin. God doesn't take on account the sin. We said that he imputed us his righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So he takes on account the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So when God looks at the believer, as spoken by the Abraham, as spoken by David, and as spoken by the Apostle Paul in these, in these uh, three and a half chapters that we spoke, we get this definition that that's what happened. God doesn't take on account our sins, logizomai, he doesn't count them, doesn't come to this conclusion, he takes on account, he imputes us uh, his righteousness and declares us righteous and see us as, as just verse 9 now comes this blessedness upon the circumcision only or upon uncircumcision also that's the question we spoke about before circumcision Jews uncircumcision are the Gentiles the pagans for we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Verse 10. How was it then reckoned? Uh, uh, how was it uh, calculated, imputed? How was it taken on account? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? What does it mean? Uh, Abraham was, uh, uh, his faith was counted to him uh, for righteousness. When did it happen? After Abraham got circumcised or before? Speaking in these words, when he was in circumcision or uncircumcision. And we see this, that Abraham was justified before he was circumcised on the flesh. 
This is very important. Verse 11, for he received the sign of circumcision as a symbol of righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. So the circumcision was just a seal or a sign of what already happened because of this faith which he had yet being uncircumcised. He was a pagan worshipper. He just responded to God and it was counted to him for righteousness. As a sign of this, he comes and he gets circumcised. Which is beautiful and it brings a lot of light uh, into, into uh, let's say, uh, other uh, uh, biblical problems that people have. In 1 Corinthians 13, just so we can touch the, the Lord's Supper, speaking about uh, Eucharist, bread and wine, uh, speaking about transubstantiation, which is being taught in the Orthodox Church, in the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, we see uh, Jesus, 1 Corinthians 11, 24, it says here, when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. The same in verse 25, speaking about the cup of the New Testament. Uh, Drink it in remembrance of me. This word remembered is anamnesis. It's like to be, to be reminded again. Uh, the, uh, these verses are referring to Luke 22, 19, when Jesus uh, stated with his disciples, uh, this is just just a repetition of these words. Luke 22:19. Jesus was saying, and he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Verse 20. The same with the cup. Uh, this is the cup of the New Testament. So we see that these things are not a means to bring us closer to God. These things do not consist any magical powers to bring cleansing into our life, for example. As many say, uh, if you partake in this transubstantiation, uh, church is uh, giving grace through this and you are partaker of the grace. That's how it's being explained. But uh, simply no, it's just a sign of what already happened. You are just remembering it. The same way as the circumcision was a sign of what already happened, Abraham believed and was justified. So he received the sign on his flesh just for remembrance. Uh, the same way we know what happened at the cross uh, and we are reminded of the broken body and the shed blood uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, basically the same with the baptism in John, uh, <coughs> uh, John uh, 3, verse 3, uh, it speaks about being born again. You must be born again. Uh, when we are born again, then we go and we get baptized. Not the other way around as uh, uh, churches started to make it liturgy uh, and they demand people to get baptized as, as infants and they place a condition of salvation on it. If you are baptized by sprinkling of the water as a baby and you are partaker of the Eucharist, then you have received enough grace 
through these good deeds and maybe you go to heaven. Uh, basically, it's all wrong. We see that the faith is, is the founding principle of this and all these things are just uh, for anamnesis, for remembering or even for uh, uh, marturion, for testimony, giving the testimony of our, of our faith uh, to this dying world and to others. Uh, Abraham believed while he was uncircumcised and was imputed unto him. Verse 12 And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also walks in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet, but also says here of those who are not of the circumcision, pagans which just become believers, any believer. So we see uh, the father of our faith Abraham beautifully explained in the Bible before the law, being justified by the faith, without the deeds of the law, uh, without the circumcision, uh, which was just a sign of his faith, uh, same way as, as the other things that we mentioned. So we can end with this verse we mentioned, John 3, 3, you must be born again, speaking to Nicodemus. Uh, question is for our listeners, have you been born again? Do you know what it means to be born again? Uh, do you have the right biblical concept? Uh, if not, write us, call us or ask. We have a debate, uh, we can speak about it. Being born again, uh, not of the flesh, sarks, but uh, being born again of heaven or from above through the Holy Spirit uh, just by trusting pistis, which is faith, by believing in the saving work of the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your time. God bless you. See you next time.